0: Welcome to the Coming Clean podcast with your host Bye, Peter Oestevest. my position you will never last. Nah. For over 25 years, entrepreneur, speaker, and CEO, Peter O. Estevez has built businesses all over the world, and today, he shares his experiences, failures, and successes along the side of some of the most sought-after thought leaders to help you pave your way to success. Please welcome to the show, your host, Peter O. Estevez. Oh, I had get it fast. I a dash in my position, you will never last, nah.
1: Good morning to a new episode of Coming Clean. Today, we have an incredible human being, a lawyer, a sports agent, an entrepreneur, speaker, an author, a husband, and a father of four beautiful children, David Melser. David, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for for giving us the time and the opportunity to share your wisdom on our platform.
0: Oh, Peter, thank you. And thank you for such a concise introduction. I loved it.
1: (laughs) David, you know... Um, I am a great believer that great entrepreneurs are history buffs. And as such history buffs, we have a tendency to go back into history and look at the lessons that we have learned from history and how do we apply those lessons moving forward. You have certainly in your lifetime, and my lifetime, have, we have lived uh, a couple of great history lessons, uh, particularly during re- recessions, you know, the 80s, uh, 90s. and of course the one that hit you the most and hit me the most and hit a lot of people the most the recession of 2008 uh but today is different this what's going on across the world is different tell us your opinion on that and how do you see people moving forward and what does it take to come out of this
0: i love that well first of all you nailed uh the nail on the head Uh, My mom made me study history because she said human nature never changes. And when you start from a position of human nature, you learn that life is just about lessons and the lessons are going to keep on coming until you learn them. Uh, When we have pain, that's an indication, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and financial pain. It's an indication that you have a lesson to learn. That's all it is. And so where we are right now is people are experiencing a great lesson. And for different people, there's different lessons that will be learned. And once again, I'm turning towards history uh, to understand how the most fulfilled people dealt with the financial pain, the emotional pain, all the different types of pain that my self is experiencing and my clients experience. As you know, a top executive coach, I'm dealing with so many people reaching out for my help to give them perspective of that human nature or to give them economic help of how to either take advantage or to stabilize or to survive. Yeah, you know, in all three, our uh, existing pains for different people determined upon what lessons they have to learn. But I think the first step to help people with their mindset, which is one of the four things that we can control, which gives us more sense of confidence and security, is to understand that this is just a lesson. If I literally I wouldn't be here if I needed anything, if I needed anything, I wouldn't be here. It's it's a simple philosophy. And when you start looking for the light, the love and the lessons and everything, it's amazing what you find. It's like a race car driver that's staring at the road in front of them instead of at the wall. Those race car drivers that stare at the wall hit the wall. Those who stare at the road in front of them keep on driving down the road. So when you're driving and looking for the light, the love and the lessons, you're going to find light, love and lessons. And you're going to be one of those people like you and I that come out of these painful situations and say, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. Why? Because I learned a valuable lesson that allowed me to accelerate, to grow and to have more light, love, and lessons in my life. In other words, to be happy. And as you know, Peter, happiness is the best disease. It's the greatest virus. It spreads just by witnessing it, and it actually strengthens our immune system, meaning that it defeats all other viruses as well. So if I can teach people to find the light, love, and lessons within the context of this philosophy, then my mission of my spiritual and human existence are, are met.
1: What an incredible, what an incredible answer, David. Thank you so much. Live, love, and lesson. With that in mind, David, why is it that so many of us, we have a tendency of clapping down and believing that what we need is resources and not to be resourceful?
0: Absolutely. There's three worlds uh, that we live in. and What happens is the world of not enough is, uh, is an energy that exists for regardless of material goods, right? I have friends who own humongous multi-million dollar businesses and homes and they live in a world of just enough. And so when a lemon gets squeezed and the lemon juice comes out, the juice that's coming out of them is not enough scarcity, right? And so they're looking at hoarding all their resources. They're the people that are running to the grocery store to get enough toilet paper. It's an energy. Right. There there was multimillionaires running to the grocery store to get toilet paper and there was broke people not worried about it at all because it doesn't matter what you have. It's the energy that you carry. The second world is the majority world, which is just enough. Right. And so this idea of just enough is an idea, as long as I have just enough for me, so when you're put into a situation, the lemon is squeezed, the lemon juice that comes out of that during that pressure is, okay, as long as I have enough for me, then I'm going to be okay. And so in these compressed certain uncertainty and accelerated growth, a lot of people felt the pressure, oh, there's not enough for me. Then you have this world that I learned to live in. I wasn't born into the world. I was born into the world of not enough, I evolved into a world of just enough. And then I had to go through and lose over $100 million to learn that, wait a second, I live in a different world than those two worlds. I live in a world of more than enough. Everything comes through me for others. I have and am connected to this light, this love and these lessons. And my job is to draw from the light, draw from the love and draw from the lessons and appreciate it. Number one, appreciation is gratitude. But the second appreciation is to add value to it So my job is to gather and draw the power of the source the light the love and the lessons appreciate it Give it gratitude and also add value what I have to give to it my life And then give it away through me for others And when you live in the world of more than enough, it doesn't matter whether it's 93 97 2001 2008 or 2020 it doesn't matter what external factors when they start squeezing the lemon, you're going to really enjoy the lemon juice that comes out. It truly is lemonade.
1: And, and you know what that uh, you said it so beautifully, but not only do you say it, you live it, David. I've seen you through this trying times, through this pandemic that is going across the world. You have never lost your momentum. You've been upbeat. You've been excited. You've been engaging. You have made your family part of the community. You've been resourceful. You've been in your closet uh, doing lives every morning. You've been reaching out to the community. And, you know, you and I are really a little bit of outside that generation. We're not social media generation. That's not where we were born in, but we have adopted so well that we have become, we've been adopted by the community and we are creating, well, you are creating incredible, incredible service and value to the community by inspiring people with those beautiful thoughts, beliefs, and habits that you display each and every day. Where does that come from, David? Because, you know, I read somewhere that your mom did not want, uh, you know, when, when you graduated from law school, you had a choice of becoming an attorney or going into the, uh, into the uh, into
0: uh, the, the sales sales for the internet so, there, there you go there, yeah there you go. and my mom actually told me my mom told me that the internet was a fad and that uh-huh. i better be a real lawyer and i think
1: I That it out for you david
0: <laughs> yeah luckily i chose the internet and was a millionaire nine months out of law school uh there's several things to unravel there i think number one just my relationship to money Uh, you know, money uh, is something that I wanted so bad so I could buy my mom a house and a car. That's real simple. Six kids, single mom, two jobs, packed my dinner in a paper bag. And I had this relationship with money and I had my lessons to learn with the currency of this vibration, I call it. Money is an object of energy that we put into the flow to get what we want. So it's no different than faith other than it vibrates at a lower vibration than faith. Right. If you have gold card money, you get you know, green card, gold card, platinum card or black card money, you get more and more. Well, I started to learn through my journey of being a multimillionaire and then losing everything that faith was the same as money. If I had green card faith and lived in hypocrisy and not enough, or if I had gold card faith or if I had platinum card faith or if at times I could reach my potential of black card faith then I could get from the universe, everything that I want. I could not only be filled cause that's what money will do. It'll fill your life. It'll fill your life with things that you don't really need. It'll fill your life with people you don't need to impress. It'll fill your life by voting and voting for what other people want from you, whether they love you or not, and then resenting them for manifesting what they wanted for you. But if you could live with black card faith, that there's enough of everything for everyone, Everything will come through you. You'll make room when they say the greatest gift you can give is your life They don't mean your actual heartbeat What they mean is to give everything that you've learned to give everything that you have for others Why because the expanding universe anything that empties itself expands There's more black matter than anything else. Ninety-nine percent of your body is air Uh, There's so much room to expand and when you can have black card faith and I don't do it all the time I still live in this pragmatic world. As you said, I have four kids I always joke around that there's not one saint in history. I'm a history buff like you Not one saint in history that had to travel across the country with four children because I promised when they landed They would not be a saint anymore so I'm dealing with the blend and I want everyone to grow accelerate and segment to faith with the blend that they live on this earth, and they have mortgages and colleges and weddings and daughters and sons and little league and wives, all the different things that are at a lower vibration, and it's okay. You can have more than enough of that, as well as more than enough of the spiritual fulfilling things that do make you happy.
1: Wow, David, in this trying times, most people allow their ego, their fears, and you often talk about ego to get on the way of seeing what's ahead of us. How do we overcome that? And what is ego in your definition?
0: Well, it's fun, you know, that's a setup question of softball for me since tomorrow I'm doing a, a training on road to revenue ego because the ego edges our goodness out of our life. And the ego's a practice, it, 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 it's a practice. And the practice is this, we're clearing the clouds from the sun. We're allowing ourselves to draw more information. We're getting out of our own way. And there's three steps in order to effectuate the ego. Number one is to identify when we're in ego-based consciousness. And because it is important to realize that the ego has a physical protection to it, that, you know, fear of jumping off a building, you don't want to lose that. Right. We, we, we want to be afraid when we look over a building so we don't fall off. We're close to an edge. Our ego says, back up, brother. It's OK. Don't fall off. But to identify the ego is so important. So I start defining the ego. I, I define it by needs, because, as you know, the ego's basis from the historical and philosophical perspective is the ego has the need to flight, fight, feed or the other F word. Um, and so I started to identify more specifically what those four needs of the ego really manifest themselves in today's world. The need to be right. You know, go ahead think about how much time, money, and resources. I went bankrupt, lost over a hundred million dollars. Cause I had a need to be right. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. I had a need to be right. And it took all my liquidity to prove that I was going to be right. And then I leveraged myself too far over my liquidity and ended up losing everything. Two, a need to be offended. Man, that's quantum in my nature. Everything was a trade. I I had a need to be offended. And what I learned about the need to be offended, which is so curious, uh, especially for people today that love to project attacking thoughts on people, judgments and conditions, uh, as I had, is that if the world could feed itself food as easily as the ego feeds itself, the need to be offended. Cause wow. if you have a need to be offended, it will feed itself immediately. Go outside right now and have a need to be offended. It will happen like this. I yeah. wish I could go outside and have a need to be fed that fat. Oh, I want a steak. Whoa. Oh wow, that was easy. Um, but it doesn't. But the need to be offended, the need to be a right, the need to be separate, inferior and superior, the need to be angry, guilty, resentful, anxious, frustrated, scared. These are all things I identify. So the first step is to identify the second step is when we're in ego, realize your body, mind, and soul are on fire. It's a corrosion. It's an interference. And so what do we do when we're on fire? The next step, we stop. Right, Stop for a second and make sure you identify that and give it a name. Then ask yourself why. Drop right? Drop down. And this is where I become a ferocious Buddha. I'm not your normal Buddha. I'm not going to sit on top of the hill for the rest of my life and contemplate my existence. I'm a ferocious Buddha. I have free will within me. And I'm going to have the law of Goya besides the law of attraction. The law of Goya, John Asaroff taught me is the law of getting off your ass. And I am going to make sure that I am in the constant, meaning consistent every day, persistent without quit pursuit of my potential. That takes a ferocious attitude to consistently every day do anything. I tried to say thank you before I went to bed and when I woke up, because I was proving to everyone that it would change my life. And I wanted to do it for 30 straight days. I teach it on stages, I write it in books, I tell everyone I can on social media, change your life by saying thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. Nine months it took me till I could get 30 straight days without it. That takes a ferocious attitude. That's me, I'm teaching it, it took me nine months. So be a ferocious Buddha, breathe through your nose, out through your mouth, straighten your spine, find that peace, and then roll or move in the trajectory that you want to move in. Do not accelerate in the wrong direction that ego will take you into. Ego's like the guy that turned the highway sign from north to south, and then, forced you to step on the gas. That's what the ego is. Man, it'll send you as fast as it can to the wrongest direction. And anyone that's been in an argument with their kids, their spouse, their best friend, someone they really care about and they think to themselves afterwards, how the heck did I get here? How, how I, 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 it's a practice to me. So I, I took it from being years to get to center to months, to weeks, to days, to hours, to minutes and now moments that I can shift my energy. And but it's a practice. It took 13 years to go from years down to moments. And if there's any gift or any skill set I could give, it would be the practice of ending fear
1: to everyone. Wow. Wow. Powerful words. David, you often say that you are a student of your calendar. And I have witnessed that. I have seen you every day at the same time on social media you suit up and show up, you are engaging. Why is that so important? And why is it so important today, today in the trying times that we're living to sue up and show up?
0: Well, for me, I have a kaleidoscope that I look through. I believe I'm a projector, I'm not a receptor. I project what I want. And so through my projector, I have a lens and that lens has three different, it's a kaleidoscope. So the first lens is productivity. My day has to be full of providing value and giving service and being of service to everything and everyone around me, because that's what creates the void for the universe to fill. My philosophy of expansion is based upon productivity. So I have a lens of productivity. I have a lens of accessibility. Accessibility is a duality. How accessible am I to people uh, like you, Peter, and your audience? And how am I accessing what I want? How am I filling that, that, that void? And then the final lens, which we discussed earlier is gratitude, which allows us to practice ending fear and a variety of other things. So using my calendar with the lens of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude to study, which is to me, the word study means not only pay attention, but give intention, right? To the things that I want to be the coincidences of my day. And so I study with those lenses, what I have planned for the day what I don't have planned for the day, the white space, the blank space, and my sleep, which most people ignore completely, but it's the number one habit we all share. And it's the thing that you spend the most time on in your life. And it's also the time when we're most connected to the light, love, and lessons. We have less interference, less corrosion of the ego when we're sleeping. The ego goes to bed. So we're allowed to draw more energy. Most people live their life like the myth of Sisyphus without being a student of your calendar. They push the boulder, great ferocious Buddhas we are. We push it all the way up the hill and then we go to sleep and we let the boulder go all the way back down to the hill and we wake up and we look at the boulder and we look at the hill and go, I'm stuck. I'm in the same place. Nah. When you're a student of your calendar, not only are you pushing the boulder faster, stronger and higher, but you're allowing yourself to plateau and grow. When you wake up in the morning, you have a new higher frequency, a new level of awareness. You're able to create a baseline for yourself to grow up of and to grow from there. And it is exponentially the best thing you can do in your life because it raises your awareness to the productivity, accessibility and gratitude that you've been blessed with.
1: Wow. Another important thing that you often talk about, David, is radical humility. And you don't only talk about it, but you display it. You speak in an almost philosophical uh, monotone. You speak very philosophically, you're very methodical, but yet you're you're exuberant of kindness and peace and, and tranquility within you. And that reflects across everything that you do. But what exactly is radical humility? I understand it, but will you share that with your community, our community?
0: I think to illuminate who you are is the first step of humility, Uh, to be okay that you're a hypocrite. Uh, That's why I suggest people take inventory every day of their values, their personal values, their experiential values, their giving values and receiving values, because we have to be okay that we're hypocrites. What do I mean by that? You know, people don't want to admit that they've grown. A lot of people say they don't want to admit that they've changed. And a lot of people would say they don't like to admit they were wrong. Well, I just have to tell you, nobody out there would listen to me or like me if I didn't change, grow, and I wasn't wrong from when I was 20 years old and the values that I had. And by the way, I was much more sure of my values at 20 than I am at 52. But humility is illuminating that. Uh, Illuminating that I am on a journey of learning of finding and seeking the love and lies and lessons and everything and everyone And so humility comes from gratitude to to appreciate that journey Uh, Forgiveness, which allows us to have peace with that journey Allow us to illuminate the fact that I don't know what I don't know and I still don't know what's coming Three accountability. It gives us control Uh, Humility comes through accountability to say What did I do to attract this to myself? And two, what am I supposed to learn from it? And then the most important part for me about humility is not only giving, which most people think about radical humility is I'm going to give everything away. I'm going to be humble and I I don't need anything for myself. That's not true. Radical humility is understanding giving and receiving are one. I am a ferocious Buddha. I want to receive as much as I can, appreciate it, Be grateful for it and add value to it and give it away and allow more to come through me. And I'm ferocious about that and radically humble because in order to do that, I know I can't do it alone. So I'm seeking people that sit in the situation that I want to be in, people that have acquired the lessons, the love and the light and something that I'm not aware of that I can't see. And I'm doing the ultimate act of humility, asking for help. And that's the biggest shift in my paradigm in my life is I put those two words as many places as I can. I have a series of questions, of, of course, how I can be of service and value. But more importantly, I fight the ego and tell myself, it's okay. Ask for help. Let people know you don't know. Let them know that you need help and they will help you because not only do they have the capability and superpower within them, but you're making them feel good. Every time you ask someone for help, you're giving them a compliment. You're allowing them to experience the greatest feeling in the world of giving.
1: Wow. Powerful. David, is that where your, your quote, you can't be poor enough to make others rich, but you can be rich enough to help others become rich? Is that yeah. where that comes from?
0: Exactly. I think too many people don't understand receiving. They're afraid to receive. They feel guilty receiving. They create resistance to it. And then they wonder why they're not in a position to help others because they don't have enough for themselves because they're not living in a world or more than enough. And I have so many people, especially now, they're my clients doing extremely well. And a very common uh, comment is, I feel so bad. I know I shouldn't say this, but things are better than that. I'm like, no, no, put it out there. Let everyone hear it. Let's money does not stop right it slows down it doesn't disappear let's get it moving faster and go ahead get in its way and then crack everyone else and put it in its way as well let it come through you for them don't apologize for your greatness use it to light up everyone
1: else and liberate everyone else to do the same david what have been the greater lessons that you have learned during this past eight weeks that we've been sequester, for lack of a better word you, you know ironically there's two
0: One is just family. Um, I I really had shifted my health first and, and it stays first because if I'm not taken care of, I can't take care of anyone else. But the real thing was I once again, didn't know what I didn't know. I was lying to myself about how much I wanted from my family. It's not that I didn't have balance. It's I was lying to myself of how much I really enjoy being with my entire family and how much i value that and uh as i was traveling around i used blame shame and justification about oh you know the kids are in school i give two minutes you know i give a minimum amount of 30 minutes to my wife 30 minutes to my 10 year old son and two minutes to my three teenage daughters and one minute to my mom to tell her i'm happy healthy i love her and appreciate her which are the only four things parents really want to know but boy i still had lessons to learn how enjoyable you had mentioned before uh, making my family part of my community. And, you know, one of my daughters, I found this extraordinary skill. She's doing these, you know, like office uh, videos of me, like the TV show, The Office, but it's called The Closet. Right. And, right. And, and I will tell you, I have had so much joy from having dinner with my family every night and sleeping in the same bed. Uh, and so I learned more, About how valuable the most intimate relationships in my life are, even though, once again, for the last years, I would have told everyone, you know, people put me on a pedestal, oh, you're so balanced, you know, you have such a great marriage and such great kids. I did, but I can do, like it says behind me, get 1% better. The second lesson was really one that was just exacerbated. And I want everyone to take this lesson the best business decision I've ever made was I hired a chief betterment officer years ago, literally the second highest paid employee in my company and their entire job every day is to walk around and talk to every employee and ask how they can help, what they can make better, what they can do better, software's desk position, temperature, food, bathroom, and then look and walk around and look at everything and see how can I make this picture better? How can I make this light switch better? and the margins that are created in my business because i have someone only focused on you know getting 1% better every day have been extraordinary he's worth his weight in gold i applied that to my own life i was moving so wow. fast I'm my own chief betterment officer. So I'm taking the time again to find the four minutes every day that I can save that turn into 24 hours a year or tell people, look, I'm going to give everyone my biggest gift right now. And it's not my free training tomorrow, which I want everybody to come to. It's free. I don't sell. I think the biggest surprise to the thousands of people that come is when's the sale coming? It's not going to come. You're going to finish it and I'm going to tell you, have a great weekend. Uh, So please join me. But the, the, the the greatest lesson is for everyone, I'm giving you two weeks vacation. and Here's what it is. I have learned that 80 hours a year on average are spent looking for things. The three things that most people look for and lose are their phones, their wallets, and their keys. So while you're at home in this period of pause, if you can train yourself to put your keys, your wallet, and your phone exactly in the same place, I've just saved everyone watching 80 hours of productivity. I've given you two weeks vacation so you can go ahead and use those while you're here knowing that you have that every single year, two extra weeks vacation as long as you put your keys, your wallet and your phone in the
1: same spot. you heard it from Mr. David Meltzer, an incredible human being, an incredible entrepreneur, a man that is making a a tremendous impact in the world. Join him tomorrow in his class, Where and How?
0: I'm yeah. So go, go ahead. If you can email me, David at dmeltzer.com or text me 949-298-2905. We'll register you. It's a free training every Friday. So you're registered once every single Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And if you don't make it, go ahead and watch it on YouTube at David Meltzer. David Meltzer. Thank you so much, Peter.
1: David, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it so very much. Awesome. Take care. Take
0: care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today on another episode of the Coming Clean Podcast. Make sure to join Peter and his next guest on a brand new episode as we continue changing and impacting lives across the world. Share this episode with a friend, follow, subscribe, and leave a review. Boy, I had to get it fast. Hit nah. a dash in my position, you will never last.